So over the course of this retreat, Durar and I have been weaving together these different practice methods to help us strengthen both the wisdom and the compassion wing of the two wings to awakening. So mindfulness is what helps us to see clearly where and how we get caught in habitual patterns of reactivity that aren't helpful. And compassion helps us to meet the distress of those patterns with kindness and care. So this afternoon I want to circle back briefly to the wisdom wing now and to continue exploring the model of the wheel that I brought in at the beginning of the retreat based on Gil Fronstel's teaching where we can think of the breath and the body as being at the center, at the hub of the wheel, and at the outer rim, when there's no mindfulness, is proliferation. That habit of getting caught in unhelpful mental activity and reactivity. And some of you in the meetings have been wondering, well, what, what's going on in the space between the hub of the wheel and the outer rim? Which is a very good question. How is it that we move so quickly from the simplicity of the breath to spinning out in loop after loop after loop of reactivity? So we started exploring that process a couple of days ago when we were looking at sense contacts and feeling tone. So we were practicing knowing just the sense experience and whether it registered as pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. So as we move out from the center of the wheel, from the breath and the body, we come to the sense contacts and the feeling tones as the sort of next layer out. And then if there's no mindfulness, we move from there into mental reactivity, into liking, disliking, or spacing out. And then on top of that, we tend to identify with our experiences, to take them personally, to have them define me, mine, who I am. And all of this activity and reactivity, obviously, is happening in the mind, which is why Darar and I have been putting so much emphasis on understanding that mindfulness is not just about paying attention to the breath. We need to develop this same quality of non-reactive awareness to all of our mental activity as well, so that we can stay present with our thoughts, our emotions, our moods, our mind states. So I use those four terms in a way as shorthand for all of our mental activity. But because for many people paying attention directly to the mind like that is new and challenging, I'll break it down just a little bit. So by thoughts, I mean any kind of mental process. So some people are more verbally oriented and their thoughts tend to come as words in the mind or sometimes hearing. We can get into those discussions with ourselves. Sometimes the thoughts are more visual, coming as images. Sometimes we hear music and other kinds of sounds. So all of these uh, can be classified as thoughts. And then emotions, 
pretty much how it's used in English, just the um, thoughts that have a, an emotional component, which often has a physical aspect too. So emotions are often a compound of physical and mental experiences. So for example, if I feel anxiety, I might uh, feel a sudden hollow feeling in the chest or a tightening of the breath or clamminess in the hands. And there might be a sense of the thoughts suddenly speeding up and going into overdrive. And then in turn, those agitated thoughts often intensify the sensations in the body and we get all the stress hormones start to course through our system and there's this kind of feedback loop that makes the emotions stick around for longer unless we're able to bring mindfulness to it. So in all of these chain reactions we're trying to see, stay as close to the source as possible because the less it's developed into full-blown proliferation the easier it is to rein it back in. So emotions come and go, generally speaking. They, don't, um, they move more quickly than what I'm referring to as moods. So moods are those um, background sort of coloring of the mind. And they tend to uh, not move quite as fast as emotions. And often, when, if we can explore them, we realize they're a composite of different emotions. But because they're in the background and they're not so intense, they're often harder to see. But sometimes when we do make the effort to explore, if, for example, we say, I'm in a bad mood, what do I actually mean by that? we might start to recognize maybe a low-level feeling of depression or with overtones of self-judgment or irritation or frustration and often a whole pile of resistance. So that's one reason I've been inviting you to work with these three questions, to know what's happening in the body, what's happening in the heart-mind, um, how am I relating to the experience? What's the attitude in the mind about it? Because that can reveal the presence or the absence of a mood or a mind state. So the fourth aspect that I want to highlight is this category that we call mind states or mental qualities. And this is kind of where I put all the things that aren't easily categorized as thoughts and emotions or moods. So there are particular qualities of the mind that we can recognize, but they don't necessarily have an emotional aspect to them. So for example, we can know whether we're alert or not, whether the mind is alert or dull, whether it's concentrated or distracted whether there's interest or disengagement and so on. So these are distinct qualities in the mind and they're often a little more subtle. So again, they can be hard to recognize unless we have some training. And in our dominant culture, most of us have been habituated to put all of our attention out there, in the world out there, and hardly pay any attention at all to what's happening in here. Or if we do, to be completely caught up in the content 
of our thinking, in the stories and the narratives, rather than noticing the underlying qualities or mental states that the thinking is coming out of. So, in this next session, I'd like to offer us an opportunity to practice this mindfulness of the mind, which is the third foundation of mindfulness, for those of you who are familiar with the Satipatthana Sutta, mindfulness of mental qualities. And because this is a fairly challenging practice, I'd like to do it in the form again of working with a partner so that we have the double mindfulness to help us. And again, we won't be going into personal content. You won't be telling your stories. You won't be sharing anything too revealing. It's going to be a meditative exploration, a little bit similar to what we did the other day. So I'll guide you through it step by step. And again, it is optional. So if you feel that some other form of practice is more beneficial for you right now, you're completely welcome to go and do that as we move now just into a short period again of standing and stretching. So slowly and mindfully coming to standing and just beginning to stretch and move the body in whatever way you can, whatever way brings a little ease. And even as we pay attention to the body, you might notice right now what's happening in the mind. Are there particular thought patterns, some form of emotion or background mood, particular qualities of mind? And then just beginning to walk around the room navigating the chairs, the presence of other beings. Letting the awareness ground in the feet. And at the same time, noticing the presence or absence of mental activity. If the awareness is going up into the head and thinking about the experience. If any familiar thought patterns are starting to come into play. Just to notice. Trying to stay out of the content. Just checking what's happening in the mind right now. And how am I relating to this experience? Can I meet whatever my experience is right now with kind curiosity? Taking a moment just to stand and to breathe. Perhaps to bring in the support of the Brahma Viharas. 
As we begin to move into some relational practice, finding a partner to work with, somebody near to you, preferably somebody who you don't know very well. So just taking a moment to find a partner and to set yourselves up together, spreading out around the whole room. Everybody have a partner, so beginning to sit together, using the entire space. Anybody need a partner? Great. Everyone has a partner. So as you're getting yourself situated, Taking a moment just to introduce yourselves, first name. If you're sitting on the floor, making sure you're going to be comfortable for the next 30 minutes or so. Okay, so in this session, as we settle in, I'm going to invite the first speaker to be whoever is sitting closest to me. So take a moment to work that out. Yes, first speaker, please raise your hand just so we're crystal clear. Okay, thank you. And again, first listener, you're going to be offering a speaker the gift of your mindful presence. So settling back and receiving the words that the speaker is offering. And speaker, you're going to settle into silence, paying attention to the qualities that are arising in the mind and seeing if you can find just one word to name whatever quality is present. So again, you're not going into any kind of story or narrative, but if I was doing it, it might sound like this. Self-consciousness. Vulnerability. Equanimity. Curiosity. Calm. Let there be a lot of silence so that you can let the word connect naturally with whatever mind state happens to be present. This is going to take fairly refined mindfulness. And again, we're really staying out of any kind of narrative, any kind of ownership of the mental quality. No stories, no assessment. So it's not hmm, self-conscious. You know, that's always been a problem for me. It's because I think when I was in junior school, it was, you know, I had this teacher who, no, just self-consciousness. 
resting back in the silence, seeing what else emerges, seeing if you can name that. It's possible that you might feel that nothing is arising. You can name that. Nothing. So you're not trying to make anything happen. You're simply articulating what is happening in the mind, one word at a time. Okay, so first speaker, you'll have three minutes. One word, naming any mental quality that you can recognize. Letting the words dissolve, taking a moment to let the awareness come inside and to notice how is the body, the heart, the mind now, settling, softening, relaxing any tension that might be present. So we'll switch now to the second speaker with the same contemplation. And again, second listener. We're simply receiving the words that the speaker is sharing with you. Staying present. Noticing any responses in your own mind. Just offering the speaker the gift of your mindful presence as a support. Second speaker, tuning in and noticing any mind states, any qualities of mind that may be present. Seeing if you can find just one word to name them. Bear awareness. Second speaker.
And again, taking a moment just to settle, to steady, to stabilize the awareness, and to really take advantage of this doubled mindfulness, your own mindfulness magnified by your partner's mindfulness so that together you may stay steady. Sati and Samadhi combined. Even as now we move into a little more back and forth, still with this form of one word to name a mind state. But we're going to take it in turns now. So the first speaker will sit in silence until the mind state is recognized. They name it, allowing some space. And then the second speaker stays in silence until a mind state is recognized and named. So still just one word at a time, but taking it in turns back and forth starting with the first speaker and noticing what it's like to resist the urge to fall into social conventions, habit patterns, conversations, using the discipline of just one word back and forth. Together now, starting with the first speaker. Again, letting the words dissolve, any ripples in the heart-mind come to some degree of stillness, and then taking a moment just to see if there's any flavor of appreciation or gratitude for the support of your partner in this exploration of the mind. Taking a moment just to offer your gratitude, we'll come back to the whole circle for a few minutes.
So again, I'm just appreciating your willingness to try something that might be new and unfamiliar and perhaps slightly uncomfortable, to be interacting in a way that doesn't involve our usual social habits and conventions of interacting. So I just wanted to offer a few minutes to hear anything you may have noticed, any rewards, any challenges in trying to practice bear awareness with mental states, mind qualities. What did you discover? Mm -hmm. yeah. Did everybody hear that? Yeah. So just how sensitive we are to each other. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful. So the shift from thinking it's all me and mine to, oh, I heard that same word, or, oh, they're in the same terrain, or, oh, it's just the mind. Yeah. Thank you. So that's very quick to have what sounds like a fairly intense activation and then a few minutes later, gone. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And which ones do we identify with, you know, in that flow? <laughs> oh yeah, that one's me. But why that one and not the one that was two seconds before or two seconds after? It's very interesting. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Totally honest and still feel safe. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Thank you. And that honesty allows us to have more honesty with ourselves when we don't have to censor for the benefit of other people. We can get more fully in contact with what's actually here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an auction, you have to be careful. <laughs> ah, patience for yourself, patience for the other, or both. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Well, you did. <laughs> you achieved patience, but yes, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Patrice. Yeah. So that quality of deep listening to oneself and being listened to supports that, I think. Does that feel true? Aversion to aversion. Yeah, yeah. Good to see. That's the exercise. Thank you. Michelle.
beautiful. So for those who couldn't hear, just the experience of being more in the space between the arisings with the support of the person who was listening. And I'm guessing that's quite an unusual experience to just be present without, as Michelle was saying, having to fill the space. Yeah. Could everybody hear that? So Betty was also appreciating the silence and how that allowed the ability to listen deeper, it sounds like, and to take in the words, and you said repeat them, and somehow, I guess, I'm paraphrasing, they landed more for you because of the silence between the words. Right, thank you. Okay, so we're going to shift back into silent practice again and just to say this shifting in and out of silence you know working strengthening the resilience aspect of the samadhi the stability of mind sometimes we can get a little attached to the quiet and the stillness and don't want anything to disturb my samadhi my concentration but having this stability of moving between different forms allows it the resilience is what allows it to um, be more available to us in daily life. So again, just appreciating your willingness to move into these different forms. Okay, enjoy your afternoon. <laughs>